Listeners, there's honestly nothing I love more than a good writing retreat, especially one that comes with solid coaching and the chance to meet other writers who are working on similar projects. This fall, three Author Accelerator certified book coaches are offering what sounds like a dream retreat if what you're working on is telling your own story. It's called Mainly Memoir, and it's a retreat for women writers in historic Biddeford, Maine. Mainly Memoir will provide three days in the gorgeous Maine woods in September with one-on-one coaching both before, during, and after the retreat. It is the perfect opportunity to give yourself the gift of time and focus so that you can make real progress on your memoir this year. Mainly Memoir will be held from September 21st through 24th, 2023. A scholarship is available for a memoirist from a community that has been traditionally underrepresented in publishing. Learn more at mainlymemoir.com, and as you've probably guessed, mainly is spelled M-A-I-N-E-L-Y. So that's Maine the State, mainlymemoir.com. Hey kids, it's KJ here. So two years ago about, Jenny Nash and I got into a debate about what was the best, most helpful single book for the writer's bookshelf. And of course, we immediately realized that it wouldn't even be a writer's bookshelf if it only had one book on it. It would be like the writer's book. And who would that even, who would that even be? Who are you people? Who are you monsters that would only choose one book on this amazing topic? So while we did sort of, um, you know, do a cage match between our very, very favorites, which I'll talk about in a second, we also agreed that you need a lot of books to be a writer. You need to read, of course you do, you need to read all the books in your genre, but you also need the books about writing, if for no other reason that there is no greater pleasure than sitting around and reading when you maybe should be writing, but also feeling like you're getting some work done. Because of course, you're reading about work, which is exactly the same thing of working, except of course that it isn't. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to come back to that now is if you're listening to this in real time, we are heading into summer. We're heading into summer reading. And I wanted to talk again about those books that I come back to over and over again, and that Jenny comes back to over and over again, that we all come back to over and over again. And I also wanted to tell you what is on my current professional summer reading list. So just side note, if you want my fun summer reading list, head over to hashtag amreading, which is my reading newsletter. It's actually at kjda.substack.com. And it's really good and it's really great and you should subscribe. But right now I'm talking writer's books. So this summer on my writing reading list, I have um, Rick Rubin's The Creative Act. I have it sitting here and I haven't read it yet. I have Twyla Tharp's book, The Creative Habit, which I'm embarrassed to say that despite the entire debate that you're about to listen to between me and Jenny, it's taken me two years to um, get past that. And what else do I have? Um, Oh, I've got a couple of more um, practical things. I've grabbed the Save the Cat Strikes Back by Blake Snyder and the Trope Thesaurus from Jennifer Hilt. So those are things that I haven't read yet that I'll be reading this summer. But if you want to add a big pile of 
books to your professional reading list this summer, there's nothing that you could do that would be better than to go back and listen to the series of episodes that Jenny and I recorded as a result of that initial debate over which book would be best. So in honor of that, we're going to start by popping the first of those episodes here. It was episode 269, in which we debated Big Magic, that was me, versus The Creative Habit, that was Jenny. That's the only episode I will be throwing into the feed. You'll have to head for the show notes, look for the remaining episodes in which we um, talked about the best books for editing, the best books for inspiration, the best books for when you just don't know why you're doing this anymore, the best books for what we called writing while white, or just expanding your perspective. We got, you know, basically uh, a uh, groaning writer's bookshelf for you. So if you head to the show notes, you'll get links to all of those back episodes in which you can hear us talk about the different books that we have loved. But start with this one, because if you haven't read Big Magic, or I guess The Creative Habit, like me, you probably should, but first listen to us tell you how. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Hashtag Am Writing Podcast, the working bookshelf, aka Hashtag Am Reading About Writing. I am KJ Delantonia, New York Times bestselling author of The Chicken Sisters and How to Be a Happier Parent and a former editor at The New York Times. And I'm Jenny Nash, author, book coach, entrepreneur, and creator of the Book Coach Certification Program at Author Accelerator. In every episode of this series, Jenny and I will discuss and debate a pair of popular books on writing, focusing on a specific topic like structure, creativity, characterization, or productivity. We'll tell you why these books are our favorites, and then we'll engage in heated debate over which is better <laughs> in our Fight Me segment, before inevitably getting sidetracked into a discussion of the topic itself. The result will be our usual actionable and inspirational advice that will help you get your work done, whether you're just getting started, changing genres, or you're a seasoned pro. Today, in episode one, we're talking about the inspiration you need to get started. Yep. And I am talking about the book, Big Magic, which I love so much that I have given every copy that I own of it away to other people. So I'm showing you my little tiny audio, which I will pull out. Like if I'm in the car or on the treadmill and I need an oomph, I'm going to pull... This is one of the two things that I pull out, and I guess I'll keep the other one a secret since maybe we'll use it later, but um, I love this book. I'm talking about The Creative Habit by Twyla Tharp, which is the book that changed my life and the book that I probably recommend more than any other to serious writers who are getting started with a project. So to start off, we're going to each do a recap of these books and why we love them. Maybe we already just did part of that. Maybe we cheated, but we're going to do it anyway. I don't think so. Let's do it anything. So a funny thing about both of these books that is completely not on our schedule is that they both have like one piece that everybody quotes. 
So I personally strongly resist the Twyla Tharp because I'm not a dancer and I'm not a, so I'm getting into fight me. We don't get into that. Don't fight me yet. We're not fighting yet. Um, So I've strongly resisted it. And I feel like I've like heard the one thing, the thing where she's like, the practice is getting in the cab. You know, she's like, my morning is I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. But the, 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 you know, the, the thing, the practice is getting in the cab. So I feel like I've absorbed that. And uh, we're going to talk about that. Right. And Big Magic has one thing that everybody quotes too, which is also the thing I'm going to highlight. It's the, uh, the letter to fear. So I think that's kind of funny that they both have this, these one like really strong moment. Oh my gosh. They both happen in cars. Those moments. Good point. All right. We got things in common for our books. We got some synergy. Okay. You go about your recap. Oh, I go about my recap. So Big Magic, if you haven't read it, if you're one of the, you know, three people, I know. Uh, if you've resisted it, which is more likely because you maybe hated Eat, Pray, Love, or you hate the success of Eat, Pray, Love, or, or Elizabeth Gilbert just makes you so jealous that you can hardly even stand yourself. And this is all totally legit. Big Magic is like her. It's like if you assume you like her, and then you loaded her into the car next to you, and she just talked to you in an encouraging way about creativity and how we all have it and how, how, you know, it doesn't have to be like some sort of big, crazy, uh, painful, difficult thing. And you just were rolling pleasantly along with her voice in your ear, feeling good about yourself and your abilities and your chances of doing the things that you want to do without putting too much pressure on yourself. So that's big magic and it is magical. Well, the creative habit is a book about making creativity a part of your life every day by making it habitual. So it's a book about taking action on your creativity. And it's a book about making it uh, something that you actually do every day and that you build upon and you get better at and that you have a muscle for. So she's, Twyla Tharp is a choreographer and she pulls in information and stories and insights from all different creative disciplines, which is one of the reasons I just love it. There's stuff about musicians and photographers and painters and dancers, and you get the feeling of just being immersed in what creativity actually looks like in real life, in real practice. And it is just so doable. And, and I said before that it's a book that really changed my life because it made me see without a shadow of a doubt that creativity wasn't this special, ineffable, magical, we're going to start fighting soon thing that, you know, just comes upon you, but it's like, it's a product of hard work over and over and over again. And I believe that just to my core and it's what I teach and it's what I practice. And so I just love this book because it, it, it puts that in your face. So these are substantially the same book, which is disturbing to me as someone who has, you know, chosen and is super invested in the idea that big magic is the better of the two. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, that big magic is the same way in that uh, it's about all kinds of creativity. She's like one of the, one of uh, Liz Gilbert's big things is that in the olden days, everybody was creative. You know, everybody was drawing on the cave walls or making their furniture, just that little tiny bit extra beautiful. And nobody thought it was a big because, you know, we're just like, we're, we're kind of built as humans to throw that little extra touch on there. So I guess a difference might be that it sounds like Twyla Tharp is like, you know, it's natural, but it's also work, 
whereas it's Liz Gilbert's position is more uh, it's almost like it's natural. Just don't get in its way. Oh, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good summary of the difference between them and there. I mean, it's the, the creative habit can be a little polarizing because it is very much like, this is work. You have to do it. You have to make time for it. You have to prioritize it. You have to, let's get down to it. Like, here's how we're going to do it. And I feel like Liz Gilbert, I actually heard her speak on the big magic tour and it was like going to a revival. It was something. I mean, there were like thousands of people in the room and they were literally weeping to be I in her too presence. Have, Did have you heard? <laughs> it wasn't like the big magic tour. It was, it was a uh, women's speaking conference but big magic is definitely what she was talking about um and yeah and it kind of felt like that right it like, felt like a revival and and the thing so clearly the thing people were wanting from her, her was was permission like you said permission to just get out of your way do this thing let it happen let it come into your life embrace it it's it's who we are as a people and you know it's a hard argument to to fight to fight against but uh, the, the argument that I will make is that that only gets you so far when yeah. you're starting, you know, when there's, yep. when like, in, I want to be inspired for sure. And I want to feel like I can do it. I can do it. If she can do it, I can do it. She's telling me I can do it. She's right. It happened to her. Like, yes, bring that on. But at a certain point, I feel like that loses its power and you need to be like, okay, so what do I do? And, right. and that's why I love the creative habit. Mm, yeah, I think you have, I think you have, you may have a point. I hate to admit it, but I, part of the reason that big magic works so well for me is that I already have that other piece. And if you don't already have that, um, well, so, so maybe big magic is a little more just broadly applicable because if you want to write and you want to, or, or you want to draw or you want to paint or whatever you want to do, this is the book that says, yeah, go ahead. Don't, it doesn't have to be um, doesn't have to be professional. It doesn't have to be the, the, you know, she's, she's all about like, don't ask your art to support you, which is maybe a little unfair because clearly her art does support her. Um, and I want my art to support me. So maybe I, yeah, may, maybe I need a little Twyla in my life. <laughs> well, but what I like is that books are, are obviously go together. You could start with big magic to, like you say, it's a pump up book. It's it like your pump up music. You know, I think of, um, uh, Michael Phelps before he swims has his pump up music mm -hmm. in his earphones, you know? And like, I, I think of big magic as that, like it gets you going, it gets you like rah, rah, like let's do this thing. And, and it's then... great if you're going to start something new, like yeah. if you're, you know, switching from nonfiction to fiction, or you decided to write a thriller instead of your usual romances or something like that. Cause it's got that you can do it energy. Totally, totally. And and the Twilight Art book is definitely a little bit more like, okay, I've committed, I'm investing in this, how am I going to get this thing done? And how am I going to move forward? I, and I will bring up, I'm going to just I'm going to say that my book won the fight me segment. I'm just going to claim the victory and, and move on. To <laughs> I hate losing, but I think you might be right. But I, I, you know, I've never, I still haven't read it. I have to, I have to go get it. I we guess. might have to have a re revisitation. Yeah, but the, I've resisted um, it because and it's funny because like I said, the Liz Gilbert is also about all the different kinds of art, but because she's a writer, I feel more um, attached 
like more oh, able you're gonna to... get your mind so blown that's okay. the thing that's the thing like but i don't even like dance you don't have I to mean, like it's dance. fine like it's not like i'm like i didn't like you your dance there's no <laughs> dancing there will be no, no. dancing here <laughs> on this podcast no but... it's not that it's just like i don't even feel like a like i have no kinship with that art but here I feel very thing. outsidery from that art. I feel a little excluded from that art. I mean, I get that. But here's the thing. Dance is so physical and it's so, it happens in a moment in time. Like it's such a different art form. And when she talks about it, I love the way she talks about it because she talks about being in an empty room. Like you're literally there with nothing but your body and writers come to an empty page, which is hard at the start, right? Like what's there between, and she, she talks a lot about what's there in the empty room with her. And it's like my memories, my fears, my ambitions, my, you know, enemies, like all the things that, that you bring into that room. And I love the, the physicality of thinking about that. I don't dance for beans. I've never taken a dance class. I mean, maybe I took a little kid ballet class, but that I love that idea of you're in an empty room with your body. What are you going to do? What are you going to make? And that so she, she uses a lot of examples like the photographer. Um, she talks, there's this really cool section about focal length on a camera and she compares it to writers. Like this writer has a long focal length. This writer has a short focal length, like what they focus upon. So she does just, she's really smart and she does really cool things like that. I can't wait for you to read this book. Well, see, then now that's not fair because she's really smart and she can write and she can dance. I'm just, I'm, I'm alienated. I know. <laughs> Plus there's one other thing I love about this book. And then we'll go on to a thing that I don't love about this book. Um, it became a huge sleeper hit in corporate America because mm -hmm. all the corporations wanted to uh, build creativity into their into their culture and their processes. And I just think and love that a dancer and a creative thinker and artist became a corporate darling. It just pleases me. So that's a bonus. So how does how does this book, I guess, how do these books help us? when we're staring at the blank page. Right. Yeah. Well, are we, are we talking about our favorite things about the book now? Or are we still? No, uh, I was, now I was in discussion of how to use. Okay. Got it. <laughs> okay. We, we might have a, we might have a outline that we're. Feeding. It's our first one. I mean, yeah. you know, we're, we're making our way. This, this book, The Creative Habit, will help you because it will show you that you do need to have processes and systems around your creativity. It's not like you have to write every day or you have to write from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. It's nothing like that, but it definitely shows you, you got to be intentional. That's, that's the thing it shows you is what is your intention and how are you going to bring that intention into your life? And one of my favorite parts of this book is uh, that this can really help. She has this idea of a box and hers is a physical box because dance is a physical thing. And she puts things in the box that are going to help her with a project. And that could be a hat or a book or a newspaper article or, but it, but you, it literally has physical space. And, and I love that idea. And I have used that idea for many, many, many years that giving your project a physical spot in your house, even if it's just a little box and, and putting things in there that, are feeding, feeding your creativity and music or, you know, whatever the thing is, I, I just love that idea. That is cool. So 
and big magic will help if if you're waiting for permission or if you're waiting to be chosen or if you are just you know feeling uh, if you're if you're feeling fear um if that big magic is the book to reach for when you can't get started and you can't quite figure out why because you know she's like you know there are 7000 reasons why you know you're 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 too old you're too young you're too new you're too green you're you're too blonde you're too fat you're too <laughs> like she just goes through all these really stupid reasons to when you when you get to the point where you're like yeah okay all all my reasons are stupid so um yeah so that's when big magic to me comes in handy is when you just can't even get the box <laughs> totally and I mean I stink and love this book here's my copy look at it yes <laughs> but um I want to say something that I don't love about the creative habit and uh, has uh, have heard this criticism of it which is the author Twyla Tharp is a very privileged uh, white woman who lives in a fancy building in New York and doesn't have childcare responsibilities and that permeates her advice you can feel it that she she can get up and have a period of time every morning you know she can she can have something she does every day at three o'clock or, or whatever whatever the thing is but you can tell this is a person who doesn't have a lot of other constraints on her time at least at while she is writing this book she probably yeah. did it other times of her life, but certainly not at the writing of this book. And, and that rankles a little bit. These are both books written by people at the height of their careers. And therefore, while I think they're both super inspirational when you're not, they're also maybe not as um, practically useful when, when, you know, she's getting in the cab every morning, but you're like, but I have a full day already. When am I going to find time to fit this stuff in? And I would say you could you could say the same thing about Liz Gilbert. She doesn't talk a lot. She talks a lot about fear and not wanting to get started and 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 not needing permission. But she doesn't talk a lot about um, the actual physical difficulties that we can have with just finding a time and a place to do anything for ourselves. Um, because like Twyla Tharp, she is a childless woman uh, who's got her, you know, financially is, is in a great position and can do what she wants to do when she wants to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that I have to say, I didn't envy that during the pandemic. If you follow her on Instagram, there were just times when she'd just come on and it was like, man, I think you're all alone in there. <laughs> That is kind of sucky. Um, I think I will take my crowded, crazy life. I will say another thing that about Liz Gilbert, the sort of res, red flag is, and I don't think she's a, she's super self-aware up to a point, but maybe not self-aware of the ways that like, like she's never going to stop writing because that's, I mean, that's her. And so I think if you're someone that has to start or has, you know, or, or I, I think that's almost like a foreign language to her. Mm. Like, 
you know, and, and sometimes she'll say things like, well, you know, and also there, you don't need a lot of drama for writing. And it's like, yeah, you actually have a fair amount of drama in your life. So um, I think she just see, doesn't see it. It's the water she swims in. Yeah. Yeah. There's also that one part of the book about how ideas find you that ideas are, are sent. Oh yeah. I think that's, so, that's, that's just fun. I mean, it, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't wholly object to it. I mean, it was weird. I was like, that's that's weird. But I also kind of, I was like, okay, let's, let's think about that. Could that be, why not? Like, maybe so. Maybe, maybe ideas are sentient and they do choose (laughs) us. And I could contemplate that, I guess, but it was a little weird. (laughs) It's, you know, it's fun to have different ways of looking at it, right? Totally. Yeah, totally. So what's one page that you've dog-eared in this book? Oh, it would have to be the the letter that you have probably heard some read on some other podcast in which I can't read because I don't have the actual book. Um, the letter to fear, the one where she says, essentially, you know, fear, you're, you're going to be with me. I know you're never going. And I don't I don't actually when I think about this, I don't think about fear so much as I think about um, oh, I, I actually I was thinking about this the other day. What What is my replacement for fear? It's not fear that is always with me doubt that's yeah that's that so for me for me it's doubt but it's the same thing uh you know you're always going to be there you're you're sitting there you're even you're in the passenger seat and you can you know you can talk to me because i can't make you stop but you don't get to touch the radio and above all you don't get to drive which is you know it's it is awesome my, uh, I love that page in her book, by the way. Um, my, oh, so many pages. It was really hard for me to choose in the creative habit. The one that I chose, however, is one of the things this book is, is well known for, which is she has an exercise, Twilight Tharp, called your creative DNA. And, you're, and you answer these questions about where, like the origins of your creativity and where it comes from. And it is the most powerful thing to do. I've given this assignment a million times in workshops and classes. And she asks you questions like, what is the first creative moment you remember? Was anyone there to witness or appreciate it? What is the best idea you've ever had? What is the dumbest idea you ever had? And what made it dumb? What do you do when you encounter somebody who is clearly more creative than you are? You know, so it just really gets you thinking about how you, your relationship with your own creativity and just the book is worth that exercise alone. So now we are going to talk about our five favorite things about each of these books. Okay. Go first. All right. You want me to go? Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Um, Okay. So The Creative Habit, five great things about this book are it's not just inspiration, but also a plan for an actual plan for how you're going to actually do things. It's written in this really take no prisoners voice. It is very tough love. And I just am here for that. It's got great stories from writers and photographers and dancers and all kinds of creative people. And that breadth of, of, um, of input is, I just think really cool. It's got exercises you're actually going to do, and you're actually going to do them again and again and again and again. I love that. And it's actionable. It's got those physical things you can do to really get going and get started when you're starting a new project or stuck. Okay. So five things I love about Big Magic. I love the voice. I could listen to Elizabeth Gilbert talk slash write all day long. She is endlessly entertaining. Um, I love that there are no exercises. (laughs) 
I hate ex- exercises and maybe I wouldn't like the ones in Twilight Art, but like, I, I hate that. Like, you know, imagine that you open a drawer and a puppet pops out. Now write a story. I hate that. Like, no, there is no point in that. There's, that is useless. So I like that there are no exercises. I like that she's willing to go way out there on the woo, even though I don't know that I buy it. I love that she just sort of took the risk of sharing her belief that like, you know, she had this physical idea that she actually passed to Ann Patchett by accident. Um, That's like, that's, that's great. You know, like show me all the stuff and all show, please show me all the crazy. And I feel like she just uh, yeah peels off the, the top of her head and lets all the crazy come out. I love her stories about finding her own creative self. And I think I love that it is largely focused on, on her. It, it isn't, you know, it doesn't bring in a whole lot of, other stories, but it makes the way that she is in part accessible and in part sort of makes whatever loopy, loopy loops that you personally have. Also, you're, you're going to be hard put to top some of her crazy, which I think is awesome. I don't know if that was five things. Was that five things? I hope that it, was five It things. was certainly very close to five yeah. things. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for joining us for our first episode of The Working Bookshelf. Come back next time for... We're going to be talking about plotting plotting and structuring. And we have two great books to argue about. So we're looking forward to that. All right. See you then. But wait, we got to take it out with the usual sign-off, which is keep your butt in the chair and your head in the game. Hashtag AmWriting podcast is produced by Andrew Perilla. Our intro music, aptly titled Unemployed Monday, was written and played by Max Cohen. Andrew and Max were paid for their time and their creative output because everyone deserves to be paid for their work. Writers, if you're not following along with Jess on Instagram and TikTok, you should be because she's killing it with advice on kids and addiction and because this is a watch and learn situation, my people. Her reels and TikTok are becoming a masterclass in growing a following that you won't want to miss. Look for her on Instagram as at Teacher Leahy and TikTok as at Jess Leahy.